scare, entice, and invite children into the underbelly of life as we know it. Come on a journey with the Literary Licensed Podcast as we explore in our Season 7 retrospective of Dark Family Films as part of our two for one. your license podcast and it's dark families films which is two for one and today we're covering Conaladic and the hole from 2009 before we get started let's find out who's with us we got davide with us hello davide hi everyone good evening joe randazzo hello joe hey everyone vicky ray hi everybody and i'm your host kishago and before we get started let's find out what we've been up to starting with you davide Okay, so this time it's going to be a little bit longer. I'll be as quick as possible. So I finally resigned from the company I work for, and I'm so, so, so relieved. Yeah, I'm not going to get too much in details because, yeah. If you tell somebody to fuck off before you left, you got to at least be gratified enough for that. No, I don't tend to do that. I don't tend to. I mean, maybe a lot of people would like to do that. I'd like to keep it like neutral. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. HR will know will know everything, but that's about it. I've got a few interview com- uh, view- interviews coming. Uh, one of them is with the NHS as well. Uh, but yeah. us, uh, fingers crossed, we'll see. Then I started ch- studying Chinese again, uh, just for fun. And I started reusing my tarot cards. I don't know if you know what they are. You guys you use your tarot cards just for fun. I mean, not for fun, as in the way I use it is like a more psychological sort of yeah. like self-reflection thing. I've got uh, the Egyptian cards and the forest yeah. law cards. I've got more in Italy, but then in here I only have these two. And it kind of helps me to see like what situation I've reached in my life, what I'm doing, why I am, where I'm going, et cetera, et cetera. It's like now you can fuck with that other person. Those are always ingenious with that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, then I started watching a... <laughs> I started watching like a Japanese anime. I don't know if you ever heard of Shaman King. I have not. Okay, that's fine. I started watching that. And I've also been cooking a little bit because I've been home for a while. Uh, so I've started doing some gluten-free focaccia, which is like an Italian, it's like a pizza, but a little bit thicker, um, like a proper Pugliese style. Uh, but I've done it gluten-free, so I've done it three times. Two times was wrong in my... Hey, really quick. What is pepperoni to you, David? Oh, for the love of God, I'm going to tell you. So pepperoni... <laughs> I learned yeah. something in Switzerland from Italians about pepperoni. Absolutely. So in English language, you got it all wrong. So pepperoni... Yeah, that's what is, they told me. <laughs> yeah, so pepperoni in English, it's like salami, right? It's little, little like slices of salami. Absolutely wrong, because in Italian, pepperoni means peppers. 
Yeah, I just. So I never that. understand why. why. Yeah, somebody must have got it wrong in the process at some point, and it just goes stuck like it just that. Stuck. Stuck that, that's always what it is. <laughs> well, see, I didn't know. Well, I was raised by Italians, and nobody filled me in on that shit. I had to go six thousand miles away to find out last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, because we went to Switzerland. So, yeah, in Switzerland they speak Italian, so probably lots, lots of Italians. I ate lots <laughs> of Italian food. No, the, the, Switzerland is a kind of a, like a heaven for like a rich Italian people, basically. It's, if that makes sense, it's a nice country. <laughs> uh, plus, there's no there's no much corruption, and if there is, it's probably hidden like they do in the UK. So, uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. I I, can't, I still have not said nothing to my mother yet. I've got to fill that woman in when I get out of here. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all about the pepperoni thing. She probably then. But then I also watched uh, two Disney movies. I've ever watched Brave and Atlantis. Atlantis is very old, and I love it. And I Brave, Brave is quite nice. But Atlantis, if you've never watched it, please do. It's quite nice, to be honest. It's one of, one of my favorites. I love I all the old cartoons. And then last one, I watched a movie which I haven't watched in a long time. I think in English it's called, it's called Amélie. It's a very old movie. I think it's French. Right. It's called Le Fabuleux Destin d'Amélie Poulain or something like that. Um, but I love the movie. Um, it was really needed in this period to watch something like that. It was cute. It was nice um, and lighthearted. But yeah, that's it for me. What about yourself, Jeff? Uh, preparing for tonight, uh, the the Milwaukee Twisted Dreams Film Festival. We're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be showing the crazies. Uh, George Romero's the crazy. The fiftieth anniversary. And uh, immediately after, I'll be uh, running the Q and A with uh, with the great Lynn Lowry, who I absolutely love. Please. And she's an old friend for nearly a decade now. Um, is that streaming anywhere, Joe? I don't think it is. I I asked them about it a couple weeks ago. They said they'll look into it, and then I never heard anything back. So I don't know if we're, I don't know if you're going to be able to watch it anywhere. Um, I'll ask tonight when I get there. Uh, Sean is coming up. Maybe a. Uh, um, uh, I don't want him to kill his phone. I was gonna say maybe he can record it, but I I don't I don't want him to kill his whole phone. Maybe I'll I'll find out if something's yeah, if they have some a bit or two to, so we can see. Yeah, because I I mean I I don't I don't understand why you would have her there and not record it. So hopefully they do. And it's you know it's something else you know you don't have to charge a lot for it. Charge like a dollar or something, and somebody can download it. You know whatever. But um, but yeah, I'll be doing that tonight. Um. Watch a couple like yeah, you know, like little cheesy movies to get in, uh, get in the mood for spooky season. Uh, <laughs> Sean yesterday wanted to watch the Meg, so we watched the Meg, and that is just a goofy, goofy fun little movie. Absolutely dumb. Don't take it seriously. It's fine. Uh, I, I have to see the second one. So the moment the you get Jason Statham, like the, <laughs> the moment you get Jason Statham with uh, with a spear in his hand going after a ninety foot shark, you're like, okay, you know exactly what this movie's going to be. Uh, also, <laughs> also, I watched I watched a sci fi channel movie uh, with uh, uh, Gary Busey called Man Eater, and like, stop me if you've heard this one. Um, a little, a little kid accidentally causes a truck to uh, to topple over, releasing a uh, uh, a rare Bengal tiger into into the forest near his small town. Um, the tiger starts eating people here and there. What's up? 
I thought I've seen every Gary Busey movie there was. If I see his name, I will watch it for grins. Just oh, that, that, that's, that's basically what I did. I was like, Gary Busey's in it, so how bad can it be? And it's actually entertaining, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's bad. So you know that. <laughs> it's just the plot to this one. And let me, let me. So the tiger starts eating people. And Sheriff Gary Busey is very, very concerned about about the the uh, you know the people in his town, and uh, there's this big fest, this big autumn festival coming up, and uh, it's it's where the town makes most of its tourism money, and the mayor does not want it shut down because we need those tourism dollars. Yeah, oh and- job <laughs> for the tiger. <laughs> You get this. You get this. You get this. Uh, this British guy from India who's like this expert tiger hunter, and he's helping. It. Like, like it's Jaws with a tiger. <laughs> we need a bigger truck. We need a bigger truck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's still entertaining, but I just, I, I just rolled my eyes. I was like, oh great, it's just. You missed. You missed a great opportunity. You could have called it claws. Oh yeah. You yeah. could have called it claws, but you called it man eater. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I thought that was hilarious that it was just like okay, this is Jaws with a tiger. <laughs> Everything down. They just took the script and did a universal, uh, you know, uh, universal word search. Uh, remove all shark and put in tiger. Remove, <laughs> remove this name and put in this name. Um, Roy Scheider's character was uh, Sheriff Great. Uh, was Sheriff um, uh, Brady. A Brody, rather, in in Jaws. Uh, Gary Busey is Sheriff Grady. So they didn't even change it that Total much. Total rip-off, I see. <laughs> fun, though. Fun and- no shame at all. No shame at all. I mean, if you're going to if you're gonna rip off a giant monster movie, you might as well you know, do the greatest of all time. This is true. Um, so, yeah, besides that, uh, yeah, I watched the, watched the movies for today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just kind of um, trying to think of what else because I got a lot of stuff that's coming up, but I'm just trying to take them like a step My at a time. My wants me to take him to the Five Freddies. I don't think it's out yet, though. Take a what? The Five Freddies. You heard of that yet or something? Oh, Five Nights at Freddies? I do want to see Nights that. Freddy. I want to see the new Scorsese. Uh, you know, I've heard The Exorcist is terrible, but I guess I got to see it. Uh, I heard really bad things about it, too. The third, the one that just came out, right? Yeah, Exorcist. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. Oh, I did watch. I did watch an Italian movie called The Return of the Exorcist. I never heard was, of it. Which was made in 1975. Instead of uh, instead of instead of Linda Blair, instead of a young girl, you get a teenage boy who's possessed. Teenage in air quotes because this guy's clearly in his twenties. Um, instead of Pazuzu flashing on the screen, it's a uh, uh, it's a sexy Italian woman who shows up naked half the time. She's frolicking <laughs> in the woods the first time you see her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the kid. The kid keeps seeing orgies break out everywhere. Everywhere he looks, <laughs> orgies break out. Um, there's like it's like done with like a tenth of the budget of The Exorcist. So there's not much makeup on the on the guy. I, I joked. Uh, I joked in my review that I'm like he doesn't look like he has a lot of makeup on on his face. It just looks like he's really pissed off. You just look, you know, just look annoyed, and we'll 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 shoot around it. They even oh uh, um Richard Conti Don Barzini from uh, from The Godfather, he's basically your fa- <coughs> he's basically the Max von Sydow character, and they they <coughs> they get the scene where he shows up at the house, which is a poster shot for The Exorcist. And it's this beautiful, wonderfully moody, 
shot with like all this mist as the cab pulls up and he pulls out and you see the only light coming from the window and it's a beautiful, beautiful shot. Here he just shows up, just shows up at a villa in Italy. You zoom up to the window where the you know the, the possessed kid is yelling and screaming and cursing, knowing that he's here. Then it pulls back out and he just opens the gate and walks in. No mood, no art, no nothing. It just plops right out. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely just batshit insane. Um, the, uh, the, 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 this demonic Italian woman keeps taking over this, uh, this kid's body and trying to have sex with everybody. It's, it's ridiculous. It is like, I've ever done this movie issues. <laughs> What's that? Mommy issues. Probably it's, uh, it's also on Tubi and I would suggest before you even watch the movie, watch the trailer. Because the trailer is so insane. And I don't even want to give it away here. Just watch the trailer first. And it's it's just a batshit, dumb, crazy movie. Uh, Return of the Exorcist, uh, also known as The Possessor, also known as Exorcist 2 in Italy. Uh, here in the United States, it was released as Exorcist 3, Cries and Shadows. So it's Exorcist 2 and Exorcist 3. Um, <laughs> not officially. Uh, but yeah, check the check that out too. It's if you're just in the mood for something really dumb. God, you know I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. You, you've seen too much when you're scraping the bottom of the barrel around yeah. Halloween season to find stuff that like you haven't seen before. It's, it's like impossible. okay, Hulu's got some stuff that I haven't seen. Some of it's okay, some it's not. But they got some stuff to come out. I mean, if you're interested in The Exorcist anyway, you're better off with that TV movie about the real case about Roland Doe. Yeah, that was quite a good little film, actually. I can't remember though. It was a TV movie though, but I can't. can't it... Oh, possessed. It was called... I think it was called Possessed. I think. Was it made for TV? I think it probably so. was. It felt like. Yeah, it had like Timothy Dalton in it. Uh, yeah, it was made for tele. Yeah, it was made for television. Yeah, Tim with Timothy Dalton. Okay. So for Showtime, so. Okay. Not like one of the networks, but I can't remember. I saw one with uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and it was similar. Maybe I'm getting the two confused. No, this one had Timothy Dalton and the father from the son. Oh, Christopher Plummer. Okay. All right. I'm trying to remember, uh, late '90s, I think. Yeah, around that time. Yeah, I I want to say I saw it back then. So when the boy's being possessed, you know, Christopher Plummer goes, Edelweiss. No, he doesn't. Edelweiss. <laughs> what about yourself, Vix? What have you been up to? Oh, my kids took me to Switzerland last week. And we just, I'm still trying fighting jet lag. Nah, I can't, I keep getting up at three o'clock in the morning thinking it's the afternoon. Days later. But um, we had a good time. It was, it was a beautiful place. I, I, have been to Europe before, but I've never been to Switzerland. I have to say, Switzerland has got it right. I've, I've been, finally been to a country that's got it fucking right. Well, it does help when you're when the lowest income person there makes one hundred and fifty thousand a year. They're shit, man. They're happy. They all got <laughs> health care. They're happy. They don't give a shit about what's going on in the world. Don't care. Don't no. Don't want to care. They're not so even part of Europe, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, that was just, it. Was just a nice place, and I had special for the first time. And I where you hide your money was really like, huh? <laughs> it's where you hide your money. You hide Basically. your money in Switzerland. Yeah, but there was there was a lot of money walking around here. <laughs> In Murren, that one town, it's, it's it's so exclusive. You're not allowed to have cars in it. But yeah. then again, you got to give a cable car to get up. And did I say I'm 
terrified, terrified of heights in an unnatural way. But I made it. I made it through. But it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. But I didn't have much time to watch a lot of stuff because we were always doing something. But I did finally, when I this week, get to finally watch Totally Killer. I've been meaning to finish that, and I finally did. I loved that movie. I thought it was real. Who really was. Well, it was really cute. I'm going to have downtime to in uh, hotel rooms this weekend, so I'll probably finally check it out. Is that... Oh, yeah, it's worth it. I like Totally Killer. I don't know if the boys A did. lot of the streaming stuff I was saving for this weekend because I know I'm going to be in hotel rooms and away from my DVDs and Blu-rays. So I'm going to watch Netflix. Snow and I'll save you. Yeah, watch Fall of the House of Usher. All eight episodes. I binged it. Couldn't stop I watching it. That. I loved it. Just loved it. It was awesome. It was quite the spin on Poe. Each episode was like... Uh, was the Costco Maniato or was the pit, the pendulum, but it was all about a family. It was all progressive towards the end. And I mean, just fucked up, but it was so good. I couldn't stop watching it. Um, I did watch the infamous Pooh blood and honey that was shown in, in a kindergarten class in Florida, or was it a fourth grade class? <laughs> Which I still can't stop laughing about bad form, man, wherever you are, bad form. <laughs> <laughs> but it was but, like, it was like I said when I posted the story uh on my Facebook, I was like, there's dozens of Winnie the Pooh movies. There's one you should not show to children. You found that one and put it on. And I mean it was really gruesome too, because Pooh is like Pooh looks like well, he looks like Michael Myers from the bottom down with Winnie the Pooh's plastic head. It looks like somebody took a plastic head. It just waxed it up, made it look like Winnie the Pooh, and he's drooling. And I mean, it's just a very, it's a very disturbing take on your typical Christopher Robin characters and everything. Poor Christopher Robin, he's tortured to the whole movie. It's, he's got a, it's fucked up. It really is. But I got a kick out of it. And what else? Oh, I watched Doctor Sleep on the way home from plane. I've watched it before, but but I was just like, you know, there's nothing to do for nine hours on a plane, so. I just might as well watch a nine-hour movie. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't realize the first time I watched it, I didn't really pay attention, but it was really a good movie. It's a, a lot of people didn't like it, huh? I think it's a damn good movie. I, a lot I, of people, people didn't like it, but I mean, on really? the viewing, I loved it. I just like God, this is good. This is really good. But I didn't really get appreciate it the first time around, I guess. But the second time, I really had my attention. And we watched Gen V. Been watching Gen V. I'm so excited. I got to watch the, 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 the sixth episode today. Cannot stop watching it. It just beats the piss out of everything. I mean, I don't know who's whoever's writing this. I don't know how they fucking come up with the shit they come up with. But I mean, oh my God, it is so worth watching. And I'm still waiting for the boys to come back. But I mean, until then, this will have to do. But it's it's really good. It is so sarcastic. It's just perfect. Well, I watched the episode from today, and Jensen Eccles comes into it. Yeah, I saw that. What was he? What's he play? And the other one? Oh, what does he play? Um, he still plays the same character. No, I know, but I mean, what is I know, but what's the name of his character? Strike me nuts. Cowboy? No, wait. Something soldier. Soldier boy. Soldier boy. He's soldier boy. Yeah, I saw that Jensen Eccles is on it. It's like bonus. That's another reason just to watch it, just because Jensen yeah. Eccles on it. But I, then I, I finally started. He gives a nice speech message. about how women should masturbate. Oh, is that what he's on there too? <laughs> <laughs> that show's so sick. It's so, so about, flick, about flicking your nib, about flicking your nubbin. 
That show is about, so, sad, so socially unacceptable. I love yeah, about it. Talking, about, talking about female masturbation, have you ever watched a British movie called uh, Hysteria? Yeah. High Spirits? Oh, with the scalping? Oh, hysteria. Oh, scenario. No, I didn't see that one. It's, it's an amazing, funny movie. I, I write it down and watch it if you get it. What's it called? Hysteria. hysteria. Uh, do you know when? Back oh, in the I day, think they, I have seen it. I yeah, thought you were talking about that one with um, Liam Neeson and, oh, God, what was that? High Spirits. I love that movie. Uh, Steve Gutenberg and Peter O'Toole. Yeah, I know, the, I know the one you're talking about, Vicky. And they're scalping. <laughs> the ghost scalp. That's how they have sex. I thought this conversation was going to go in a completely different place. Like, speaking of female masturbation, have you ever seen <laughs> – wait a minute. Where are we going? <laughs> no, it's just – it's just that it, it just popped up, up in my head and then it's a funny movie. And it's the invention about the, the first sex story, I think. It's it's a funny, funny movie, but it's it's like a I'll check it out. I'm always like it's a it's a love comedy story, but it's like historical love comedy. Um but it's funny. Romantic comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, anyway. it's been a really quiet week, other than that, just time getting ready for Halloween. Watch it all the Universal Monster movies are out. So oh, yeah. I'm I'm ready for Halloween. My uh See my that. My five dollar uh, Mickey Mouse shirt from Five Below. Five Below. I still gotta go in there. Well, a lot, a lot of those, a lot of those cheap places have some cool Halloween stuff. Uh, like I, I found, I found these little kitchen towels. <laughs> uh, these little Halloween kitchen towels, and they're they're the ones that I, I put out in the kitchen uh, this time of year. So it's a fun time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I've been watching a Disney celebrating its hundred years. So they got this really nice short piece on there called Once Upon a Studio. Really? Where every I single seen it anime- Yeah, I saw that the other day. Oh, it's brilliant. Where every single anime, well, almost every single animation character from Disney for the last hundred years appears in the short. Oh my so you got everything from Frozen to Snow White, Silly Symphony. I didn't Symphony. see that. Okay. It's only about six minutes long. It's really worth seeing, though, but it, it's an ode. Search of Darkness then, has another installment too, I think, came out. Yeah. And then um then we got, I got my tickets for two weeks, gonna go see the hundred years of Disney exhibition that's here at the moment. Uh, oh, how the, cool. Gonna go see that. And then um <laughs> I saw a film called Slother House, which is about a I watched of- that. I watched that the other day. I, I'm looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Monster High One and Two, which is directed by Tom Holland. Which one was it? Um, Mon- uh, Monster High one and two, which is directed by the guy who did Fright Night. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know he directed the Monster High movies. Yeah, yeah that's a child. He I mean, directed the original Child's Play too. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're um, they're good. I mean, they're enjoyable. I mean, they are High School Musical meets monsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're kids' movies basically. Yeah. But they're enjoyable. I watched The Boogeyman, which is on Disney at the moment, Disney Plus, which is based on a um, Stephen King short. Creep like Show is out now on Amazon Prime, the new season of that, which is very good. I yeah, watched the, the first uh, episode last night. That was weird, where the monster comes in and she, they decide he doesn't kill her. I was just like, what the fuck is happening here? i got to watch the others. That was the yeah. only one I took in now last night. And, uh, yeah, usually... Shutter drops them week by week, but this year they just put them all up at once. Yeah. All the freak shows. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen. I, I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen any of them yet. So, mm. uh, yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, I prefer Creep Show the TV series that over the movies. Creep Show one. Yeah, two. I like the series a lot better too. So, 
This um, one's pretty good, it looks like, though. i got to finish watching that. Now. Yeah, I've, I've seen like two or three episodes of that. Started watching Interview with a Vampire, the AMC one that you guys got. What do you on. think about it? I said, watched the first episode. I watched the first episode. I guess maybe I'm just mildly biased still. I got to watch um, it. I really like it. Um, I, I, to be honest, it's more closely related to the book than the movie is. That's what somebody, I, I thought so. I just um, like, I watched the first episode. Um, and I think I think the changes that they made to it work really, really well, especially like, but I also quite like the, um, I do think Lestat and Louis are better in this than they are in the movie. Than they are. Well, they, they, well, they were kind of, there was, there was a little more going on in the book between the two. They didn't really delve into that in the movie yeah. too much. Well, I mean, they can't because of the homophobia. Yeah. Um, you know, Tom well, back then. Now they can do it. Well, no, it was because of Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt's um, star power. They can't have them show, being shown as homosexuals. Well, there was a lot of it implied. I mean, you know. I know, but they, but they can't show them being. Well, they there. can't show them no. Because that that would ruin that would ruin Tom Cruise's movie career <laughs> and Brad Pitt's at the time. So, you know, I Same think thing they about. went pretty close. Yeah, I think they went pretty close. But I mean, I I don't know. I think that I think it op- I think it works really really well because it's not a remake. Yeah. It's a sequel to the movie anyway. Right. So what they've done, they because they he what the the premise basically is is that the guy who was interviewing them, the the Christian Slater guy, um, uh, interviews him, and then what happens is is that um he never ends up publishing the books. Right. So now here here they are, forty years later, and he finds the Christian Slater character again, which is played by a different actor this time. Right. And he meets up with Louis, and they're they're he's going through they're interviewing again and like trying. So this sense. is okay. So like I watched the first episode, and I didn't get that. Are they? This is after the initial movie. This yeah. is what's happening yeah. after. Yeah, because okay. because because he goes he goes about because if you see if you listen to what they are saying, you know, before he before he starts interviewing, he goes, you know, he goes, I don't think I should interview you again. Probably what happened in San Francisco. He goes, he goes, and he goes, I'm an old man now. He goes, I'm not as young as I was when I interviewed you the first time. It's okay, okay. Oh, uh, so, so it's quite so it's quite interesting that they use that as a you know a leaping. So stone. why not just get Christian Slater again? I understand not getting Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt because obviously they've aged 30 years, but Christian Slater is still immortal at the end of the movie. Uh, Christian Slater was is doing well, he was it. getting bit at the end of the movie. Well, no, only Christian Slater in, but Christian Slater said he wanted to do it, but he had he was he's do was doing a play and he was doing a play in the West End here, and he couldn't. Ah, okay. And they were filming in uh, Canada, so and he, he and he, had, he he was he was tied to do a play here for a year, so that's the reason why. And he was living here, so that's the reason why. But he, he said he would have done it, but unfortunately they were filming at the same time he was um starring in the West End, so. So uh, okay. not, I mean, I watched the first two, three episodes, and I'm really, I'm really liking it. I think it's. Well, maybe I'll turn it back on then. I yeah, didn't realize thought, it was four yeah. years after. I mean, I wasn't hoping for a lot, from it, but I think, I think the changes that they made, and Louis being a, a black New Orleans guy, works really, really well. Yeah, he he played in Game of Thrones too. Right, he's a good actor in that. Glad yeah. he got he broke away from that a little bit. He's he's got a little star power behind him if he just. Doesn't get pigeonholed, mm-hmm. you know. Well, sexy black man 
as opposed to I've got skills. He's a bloody good actor because yeah, they're bouncing when they're bouncing back from the past to today. As I, at first, I thought they got two different actors because he's so good. So, wow, I didn't know that. I'll have to finish watching. And, it. and the chemistry between the two is very sexual. I was like, I was quite surprised. Like, God, this is quite. That's kind of how it was written, though, you know. Yeah, but I think you know, like sometimes, like you can get you can watch a movie and they yeah. and you got these two people and there's supposed to be like a sexual chemistry between them, and right? Isn't. And I don't think. I mean. I don't think Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise had that sexual chemistry between them. There's more sexual chemistry when Brad Pitt and Antonio Banderas when he appeared. Yeah, those two had a lot of a lot of chemistry going on. I was the, but that's also the Antonio that really... Banderas. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but, I'm saying, but there was a cool looking at that. Though. I mean, there's no there's no disrespect for you know Tom Cruise because I think Tom Cruise did that very very well. But I think in this one, you can feel the sexual tension between them and, and you know, the, the courting and everything like right. that. When, when the chain they couldn't really do in the movie, yeah. You know, and, 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 I, and I also like what they also did, what they're also doing in this, which is quite interesting. I'm only, I'm only on the third episode. But the thing is, is that after Louis gets bit and then they're running around together and this fascination, this sexual energy that you feel for someone and, you know, and it's like, Oh God, I want to be with this person. And then when you move in that person, you realize what the hell I've fucking done because everything that person does cause irritating. You realize that actually, you know, everything that I was drawn into, they do this with everyone. <laughs> so and I like that because it kind of, it, play, it gives it kind of a lot of different. And well, that's know. where he starts getting his regret as a vampire. He's, just, he's kind of like Barnabas Collins in a way, you know, He's he's just had so much regret, you know. But it also reminds me, like you know, like when you fall in love and you jump into a relationship, and then after a while, you're like, "What the hell have I done?" Yeah, it's like it's all fun and games until you get bored. Yeah, what what you found sexual one minute, now you just find fucking annoying. (laughs) That's what I I don't like the way they. Yeah, they're done that. I think we all have. So, but that's pretty much it. Um, oh, anything else to see? No, I'm kind of watching um stuff on Shutter and catching up on S- Slasher, the final season. Of Slasher. Well, Slotherhouse, I have to say, was epically Oscar material. Thank you for suggesting. <laughs> I don't know if I, my life would be complete without watching it. No, actually, it was kind of cool. I liked it. You know what? Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, the the sloth in it kind of reminds me of a cross between. <laughs> A sloth, an old man, and the puppet from Saul. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my God! It is. When it takes the tiara, that's my tiara. <laughs> I got, uh, I got Benny loves you vibes from it. If you've ever seen that one from a couple years back, or uh, I remember that one, Benny loves you. No, it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a little red, a little red stuffed animal. Uh, it kind of sounds like Elmo. Sounds like some, you know, sounds like somebody doing a bad Elmo impression. Um, but yeah, he's a little, he's a, he's a little kid's, uh, favorite stuffed toy. The little kid grows up and kind of discards it and he does not take well to it. He comes back and he starts killing everybody in the guy's life. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> stupid. Absolutely goofy. But yeah, it's kind of like, well, it kind of, kind of reminds me if Toy Story wasn't a Disney film, like Toy Story 2, you yeah. know, because Jessie's really upset because her, her owner left her behind, didn't she? And that's what makes her really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, b- b- uh, b- and before we move on my uh yeah my 
uh, longtime friend Justin Martell. He's been busy as hell this year. He made uh, Eight Eyes for Vinegar Syndrome, which is really good. And it's going to be coming out sometime soon. Uh, it just played at a Scream Fest in L.A. over uh, last weekend. Um, he made Subspecies 5. Um, and he's uh, Cannibal Mukbang, which is another one that, uh, that he produced. And he's got a new film that just premiered on Shudder last week. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I still haven't watched it yet. It yet. All, all the preparation for the uh, for uh, you know this uh, this Q and A tonight. Uh, but he has another movie that just came out on Shutter last week called The Puppet Man, and it looks really cool. It's on Shutter at least in the United States. I don't know about anywhere else. Yeah, it's on here as well. Yeah. Uh, so, congratulations, Justin. He's worked his ass off. He's released four movies this year, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, that one, that one is on shutter. I will check it out soon. He's done a great job on all the films of his that I've seen so far this year. He's one of those producers that really, really loves the genre and really, uh, trusts his directors and his writers to not, to not micromanage them. And you can see the personality of each director in the movies that, uh, that he's been producing. Like he said, with subspecies five, he's like, who am I to tell Ted Nicolau who made the first four movies when, you know, when he was a child. You know, when, when, while Justin was a child, I was like, who am I to tell him not, you know, not to do this, not to do that? So, um, so yeah, check out the Puppet Man, check out Subspecies Five. Um, he's got more that's that have gone into film festivals that are going to be coming out soon. But I just wanted to give him a shout out and give his movie a shout out. Uh, and another thing for people who are fans of Never Hike Alone, Vincent DeSantis' um, next chapter, Never Hike Alone Two, out on YouTube. Is it really? I didn't yep. know that. Yeah, I sent you a link last week. Um, I, I watched it, and I should have mentioned this one. Sometimes I forget where we leave off in uh, previous weeks and where we come back. Uh, but yeah, I, like I said about this, DeSanti, his, his Jason Voorhees movies are kind of the gold... His fan films are kind of the gold standard. Yeah. They are... Um, it's beautifully filmed. What's that? Well, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't even know it was out. This one's beautifully filmed. The second, yeah. Second well, that's what I was gonna get at. Is his stuff quality wise is on par with with the with the movies that that were made at Paramount. Um, I yeah. really really love his his Never Hike Alone movies are excellent. Um, and I saw that there's a GoFundMe uh, where I, apparently it's still active, and I can get uh, all of them on Blu-ray. And I'm gonna be doing that soon because I, I do want these on, on my shelf next to my Friday the Thirteenth movies. They are fantastic. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah, they are. He's got. He's got. He's got it, doesn't he? <laughs> when it comes to a lot of these movies, it. they don't. A lot of times, these 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 directors that are making these fan films, they don't actually know how to make a movie. Mm -hmm. Desa he is Vincent. Desa uh, yeah, Vincent Desanti. He's very very good. He actually knows how to how to keep a story moving and do these great uh, action and horror sequences that really actually work. And the film it films beautifully, too. and he makes them on like no money. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He knows how to raise money, though, too. But yeah. This one's easy to find. It's on YouTube. Just yeah. go look it up. Out. Check it out. We've got done. Tom Matheson back as well. So there we go. All right. Yeah.
On that note, that brings us to our first film, which is Kundalanek, which is a 2018 Indonesian horror film directed by Razel Matavani and written by Alim Studio. The plot revolves around five children who find a mirror in their orphanage. The mirror contains a ghost that kidnaps children and imprisons them inside it. What we'll do is cut to a trailer of Kundalanek, and we'll be right back. Legends podcast. We're going to talk about Kanalanak from 2018. Oh, what's your what's your? <laughs> <laughs> I just say that cunt movie. <laughs> 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 which is based on a real Indonesian ghost, apparently. So, or, or, or folklore, yeah. Um, yeah. So, what are your well, thoughts, yeah. Joe? It's easy, it's easy to find on Netflix. So all you got to do is uh, start typing in cunt with a K. That's right. That's how I found it every time. <laughs> although, it's, it, although it's now gone from Netflix. And, you know, we'll I'll get to got that. various versions of it. I'll get to that later on. And I'll get to and I'll get to what your you know, what your fucking job is as a distributor. When you don't put things out on physical media and you put it only on your streaming service, you need to keep it there because yeah. now. We're going to be describing this movie that a lot of people can't fucking see. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, this movie's a little bit of a mess. <laughs> um, the slide whistle, the weird slide whistle kept throwing me off a lot. As far as imagery, I love a lot of the imagery in this movie. Like, it's got a lot of... Uh, the, the jump scares are very, very cool. Right. The scene where the little girl wakes up and there's that chanting ghost in front of the TV is you know absolutely amazing it's fantastic there's a lot of good to this movie but it feels like it couldn't decide how serious it wanted to be I thought, that, didn't you think it was like indonesian goonies meet the exorcist kind of thing some of it also kind of reminded me of insidious with you know the kid trapped yes. in the mirror and the father the mirror the yeah who's been abducted by a demon. So there, there's a lot to this. Like, it doesn't break any new ground. Maybe in, no. in, in terms of Indonesian film it does. I don't, I don't know enough about Indonesian film uh, to know, like, where this stands. Um, the imagery is very good, though. The um, the jump scares are amazing. And I, I, I love the stuff with, like, the, you know, the statues just, appearing yeah. in places that the statue you know the, the 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 statue's head turning 
I love the kids. I thought it's, the kids. The, were the great. only thing that I didn't understand, and maybe you guys uh, got, got a different vibe from it than I did, was I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out the tone. I couldn't figure out where this, what this movie wanted to do, what, what it wanted to be. Because on the one hand, you do have some very, very scary moments, mm-hmm. but then it's undermined by, you know kind of a goofy score and the occasional the occasional slide whistle for whatever reason and it's like the director I looked from, up, like the I director looked up from a Ring. review it kind of reminds me like the director from Ring was asked by Disney to make a film. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that's kind <laughs> of I it just has that kind of it's kind of and it does not have a happy ending. No. no it definitely does not. Um I, I yeah like I was trying to that, that's 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 the thing that got me is I I just couldn't figure I just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I also couldn't figure out who is this movie for, because on the surface it seems like it's a children's movie, but, but to see, if you were to try to show this to a child, that child would be terrified. Yeah, I think, um, I mean the thing is over here, um, it's got a U certificate, which is universal. Yeah. So I guess it'd be the as as marketed as a family film, which is kind of bizarre. Well, I mean, some it, of it's it, kind of funny. What is it like? It's like a hybrid, a hybrid horror show that's like Home Alone meets The Goonies meets Indonesian horror. I don't even know how to explain it. I knew what they were trying to do with the female vampiric, whatever demonic thing that comes out of. Was that supposed it, to be a, a long sweep? Was that? I, I well, the Carolinaic basically in this film. I mean, normally she's a, a pregnant female vengeful spirit. That's what a Carolinaic is. So, like, so like in this film, right? basically, it seems like. I mean, it does have the family, tro- the dark family tropes in it. You know, like orphan children or single parent children. You know, in this case, we got like the mother died. It starts out with the mother. The mother died, so basically, we have the single father who's grieving. Right. And then, then the sun gets taken, and then of course, then the mirror ends up in a orphanage with with a bunch of kids, kids who don't have any parents whatsoever. Except, and the one mo- the mother figures t- taken off, sort of thing, being watched by teenager. <laughs> God, yeah, no, I didn't understand that too. She just left him alone to go to the states, but she left like a, a seventeen year old horny <laughs> child to watch the other children who invites her boyfriend in. But you know that that's so cliche. But on the other hand, though, uh, was it in Pedagore is the other Indonesian film? I, I That movie scared the shit out of me if you get a chance to watch. I love Indonesian horror. I mm-hmm. think they've got something really good going on. That Because I've watched, this is like the third Indonesian horror film I've seen. And, of course, it's all dubbed and stuff. And who cares if you got, the, the, and even with the dubbing or whatever, I, it was, I thought that, like, the, how do you say it? Um, it? It got across what it was it got a lot of bad reviews for Netflix horror for one. A lot of people hate Netflix horror. I, I've been sitting here looking at a review right here, and this guy did not like it. Apparently, says it tries to raise horror about. with some com- comedy angles. It's a weird um, uh, stance of horror meets Home Alone, and it it has an originality problem. But I didn't get that from this. I liked how they presented the the bad. Well, the it must have done well because they come out with there's two sequels to this movie. Yeah, I saw. I didn't see the sequels, but I'm going to watch them because I thought it was. I liked this so, movie. So I'm just saying it. So it, mu- it must have. It must have. Someone must have been watching it to get two sequels out of it. Well, this got Netflix. It probably did well in This Indonesia. was a Netflix film review, and he just 
rose to that. Well, the reason why I say about the reason why I say about the sequels is that it must have done well because the sequels they spent more money in the sequels than they did the original. I haven't seen any, but you guys seen any of the sequels yet? I haven't. I know the third. I know the third one's available on Blu-ray and DVD. The second one, I'm not sure. I think one of them's. I think I get one on YouTube, but I couldn't see the other where I could get the other one. I thought that the little kids were great. I just thought that they were just fun to watch. I thought they did so well in this movie. I mean, considering it was a horror film, I mean, I don't know what... I thought they were beautiful kids, too, actually. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I, I thought... thought I, was I thought the pacing... I, thought, I found the stuff. pacing a bit off-kilter. Off yeah, I definitely did not like the pacing of this movie. It felt longer than it is. It, was, it, it had, did take well, a while to get going. Well, it's, it's kind of weird because you got, like... I mean, let's, let's take even the soundtrack. You kind of got... Do, 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 like like yeah. very like spenceful do, 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 do. and then they'll show the kids going that's what i was talking about like just totally like there was yeah. a lot of back and forth yeah and um and then there'd be something like you know something scary is coming off and then it'll be like intercut with like a kid hide being quite kind of comical nerdy kid and saying something funny in the closet that what they had nothing to do with it's like it was kind of insert there had these weird inserts that were kind of like okay saying that i like the movie i liked it because of it because of its off kiltiness but at the same time i think it's of required taste well, yeah, do you think I think the, the usual horror tropes that the other films usually have. Yeah, or... uh, I mean, I think I'm I'm used to a lot of J horror anyway. I watch a lot yeah. of J horror, whether it's the host or the you know the ring or pulse or so on and so forth. I watch a lot of it. Tale of Two Sisters, so on. I love so, all that. So, stuff. so I see a lot of it. So I'm quite used to the pacing. But again, this pacing. This pacing is kind of like a mishmash of an American pace cut cutting pacing and J horror. So it's kind of like they kind of mesh these things together. And I don't know if that's because this film, I don't know if this film was made for Netflix to distribute, or do they just make the film and then Netflix picked it up and I think they made it for Netflix. I, I think it's the opposite. I think I think Netflix picked it up. I because I I, I just have a I, I don't know. Um, because the vibe that, is makes a difference. Because I think that if they're looking, if they were going, no, it was made for Netflix. It's it was Netflix made specifically for Netflix. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a Netflix thought, film that drives home the usual horror tropes we all have become accustomed to. Performances are fine, but the yearning for something. Yeah, but you're, yeah, but you're reading that off someone's movie. review who might not necessarily know that this is act that this was actually made for Netflix. I don't that I'll have to look. Oh, I got all I have is distributed by Netflix, but I don't say it was made for Netflix. I mean, it could have been. So, is there a connector that doesn't matter? Uh, studio is MVP Pictures. I don't see anything about Netflix having anything to do with the production. Yeah, I know they distributed it, but um, I mean, I mean that if they if they did make it for Netflix to distribute, then that could make that could make it the reason why the reason why it's cut the way it is because that would mean. That would mean that okay, we're going to make this for a world market, and so that we're just going to make it for a market for our own people. Like if you look at the ring and stuff like that, they didn't make distributed the ring. by Netflix. Then say yeah. made. By yeah, I, I have different distributors in different parts of the world. So 
Only mm-hmm. it's only on Netflix in Singapore and the United States. So I, so yeah, the Netflix probably had nothing to actually do with the movie. Okay. Because sometimes, because sometimes you will get like a, a bit of a difference with things. Like if some, you know, if some, you know, if you look at J horror, J horror is not made so they can make money in the West. No, no they're not. They and, just happened to in the, in the early two thousands. Yeah, and so, but if you look at some films, like um, sometimes you'll you saw it with some of the French extreme horror that you know, it's like oh, these movies start making money in the states, you know, and like Switchblade Romance and things like that, or Hope Couture. Um, hope, hope, tension, and then what happens is then they started making these films for the world market, and they just kind of paled because they they started pacing them differently. So that's why I wasn't quite sure that maybe, you know, the little girl puts her hands on the TV set. That's part of that's part of the problem I think now in general is that every movie is made for the world market, and when you do that, you water everything down because. Now you're trying to appeal to every single demographic, which doesn't always work. Yeah, and your film's doomed to fail at that point because the, the what what makes movies like you know you mentioned uh, you mentioned high tension. What makes those movies great is that they are very entwined in their own culture, and that's what yeah. made all the J horror movies great. Is that they didn't give a shit if you know some Americans watching it because who cares? It's made for it's made for us. You watch uh, um like wreck the wreck films i mean they're made for yeah. spain they're not made for the world and they work better for that where i think if they made them for the world you wouldn't get this you wouldn't get the same kind of feel to them maybe not and i always and that's what i always like about movies that are made for their own cultures is that you get a glimpse into the culture when they try to americanize movies that's when you start running into you know they want to make, they want to turn it into a blockbuster instead of just leaving it the fuck alone, and it works better the way it was before, you know. Especially yeah. with the reviews, like, like a, if if let you let it breathe to find an audience, if you if you, you stay if you stay true to yourself, chances are it will find an audience. It's like uh, it's like pieces the uh, the slasher movie uh, from the early eighties. It's a Spanish film. But they said the one that the, made us set up college college women to look like sluts across the globe. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 a film that's made to look and feel like an American film made by a Spanish director. It is so funny though. He doesn't know anything about being an American. Yeah. He only knows what he sees in in like cheap slasher American movies. American women are sluts. <laughs> College yeah, the greatest. There's a, there's a line in there. The greatest thing in the world is smoking pot and having sex on a waterbed. I'm like, who yeah. talks like this? <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I remember smoking pot and having sex on a waterbed, but I didn't think it was the end all. I have to say, there's some, there's some Italian horror films that are a bit like that. Um, was yeah. it uh, Stage Fright? I think's like yeah. that. The uh, the so Suave, they, yeah, yeah, but it's supposed to feel like American, but ends up feeling like a Canadian film instead. Yeah. Weird. That's the Canadian feel. It's like, because I think the Italian person kind of got it wrong for some reason. He thought Canadian Canada was America. Yeah. So it's kind of like so you get these weird Italian film that looks like it's film like it's made like a Canadian film instead of like an American film, which is what they were aiming for. That's so weird. You can try and to the, confusing too. And the thing about Italian horror is what's best about it is that it's so Italian. It's yeah. it's when. It's when everybody knows what they're doing and gives us a slice of their own culture that movies are at their best. Because when you try to, when you, 
it, it comes off disingenuous when you try to um, when you try to mimic another culture. It always yeah. comes off disingenuous because it feels like you uh, okay. You're trying to make an, you're trying to make an American movie, and it just comes off feeling a little off. Sometimes it works to your advantage. Uh, like I think if you look at like Paul Verhoeven, it actually worked fantastically for his, his advantage. Well, Paul Verhoeven isn't really trying to mimic the United States as much as he's trying to kind of satirize it. Yeah, but I think that's what makes it work. Yeah, that's that's what makes his movies work. Is yeah. the when well, you know when you look at Starship Troopers, RoboCop, Total Recall, when he's when he's taking the piss out of Americans, it's when those, those movies are at their best. I love Starship uh, Troopers. I don't care if everybody hates it. I love the I bus. Love Starship but then, and then you take Hitchcock, for instance. And even though they say he made great American films, they're very, they're very British films, really. Mm -hmm. You know, which he stayed true to himself. He just happened to make British films made in America. So it worked. Situation. Yeah, he did pull it off. Yeah. So uh, this kind this film kind of goes a little bit here and there, but I mean I I still think it was a good horror movie. Like Joe said, it had some really good jump scares. I mean I wasn't expecting a few of them. I mean in the mirror thing with the, with the I I demonic anything is is just scary. So and anything that feeds off children, yeah, is quite good as well. So I mean I mean that worked out really well. I think it I think it has its I think it has difficulty. I think because it's aiming for a family market, maybe that's why. Yeah, that maybe that's why the tone was so off. Right. <laughs> like, I, well, like it was off, but it wasn't. It was a horror movie, but it was like a Disney film in the same token. So, I mean. Yeah. Which is kind of like, because you're kind of watching this going, okay, I can understand the cute kids bit of it, but it's almost like, it's okay. I, normally, like, if you get a horror film situation, you, you apply the attention and tension and tension. And sometimes you do need a little break where you can get, let the audience go, <sighs> sort of thing. Or, you know, put a little joke here or whatever like this. But normally you do it within the context of the film. Where here, like, the, the lighter moments didn't quite fit with... the, the kind of, I, I think, To be honest, I think the horror bits of it, if you could cut out the lighter moments of it and just put all, all the horror together... It'd be a really intense film, and it'd be right. like you would set it above. I think it's sliding in these little cute kid moments in the middle of it. It kind of like, I'm like what? <laughs> yeah, it just comes completely out of left field. Mm -hmm. What did you think, David? Um, <clears throat> uh, it was a different movie, I have to say. Um, <laughs> I, I like. Don't get me wrong, I liked it. Um, I was confused. I mean, you guys literally said everything that I, that I what I. Well, um, we were a little confused, too. We were following it, though. Right, so I personally liked the fact that they kind of put a little bit of the Indonesian culture. So there was that part of when they uh, they were talking about that concept, I can't remember anymore, that the little girl basically had this sort of power. And yeah. then she had it. She was the only one who had it. So that's kind of like part of the culture that makes it like a little bit more authentic. And then, you know, the lore of the Kuntilana, uh, which kind of remind me of the legends of like the ring the lorona or, or all the stories like that yeah that part yeah. was actually interesting and i liked it but even even myself i found that it was the term i used but maybe i shouldn't use this term it's americanized it felt like a little bit americanized and like the jump scares the representation of this monster as a kind of like scary woman when i looked at her i was like oh for fuck's sake again like it's, you see it. there's a lot of movies where you see scary women 
like appearing like monsters. And I'm always like, oh, they have no fantasy. It's always the same format. So it's kind of like, there was a little bit off thing for me. Well, it's, it didn't help that the mask really didn't look that good either. Like it no, looked like it looked like someone in a mask. You could see it was plastic at certain scenes. I, there was a scene when um, she was on the sofa, and then you could see there was like a puppet, like sitting on the sofa. And I was like, okay, well, I thought that was really fucking disturbing. I don't know, but <laughs> no, it was disturbing. But you could, see, but you could see, you could see there was a puppet. That it looked know. like a fucking puppet disturbed me. Anything that, like that disturbs me. That's <laughs> but like puppet master and all those stuff is disturbing. <laughs> It was, it was that, that worked for you. That works for you. You know that I'm not gonna ever. You know, I like I like that puppet master, that puppet thingy. I, I like that the puppet thingy. Was a little bit fun. <laughs> but, but I, kind of, I, 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 I know, know what you're saying, like, David. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I think the reason why I liked it because I kind of had to look at it twice. Like, oh, that's a bit weird. That's yeah. <laughs> well, just when you involve children in horror, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know. Well, that, that's that's the old Dario Argento uh, uh, influence because uh, that you know he he said that what, whenever you involve any kind of childishness or infancy in your horror, it's going to make it you know going to make it spookier. Yeah, yeah, it's going to make it at, at the very least uncomfortable. Now the one I think the one thing for me that didn't work is the fact that they kind of explained the rule of the monster from the beginning. There was the child that was reading about this 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 woman, this monster, the uh, Kuntilanak. And then at some point he said, uh, oh, yeah, she doesn't kill. She just, like, carries on, on and on and on. And then at some point I was like, okay, she's never going to kill them, so I'm not scared. I'm not worried for them. You know, they're going to carry on. And she feed and, on and them? Like, hmm? I think she feeds on them, doesn't she? She's like a psychic vampire. She's, yeah, she's she, a vampire. She, 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 she feeds on them, and then, and then that's why she writes. Because... The little chubby boy in the beginning doesn't come back. No, he doesn't. No, he died. Actually, yeah, the one was dead. So, so I think she feeds off them. I mean, she had a smorgasbord with his orphanage, but um, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, she went after kids that were grieving and lonely and sad and just told, they were all not that they weren't already vulnerable, but she was feeding off that. Well, plus she could mimic any voice, couldn't she? Yeah. She and, and and the shapes kind of like it when you think about it kind of sort of yeah like it knows your fears and yeah i kind of wish that um i kind of wish that it had a, she had more of an original look than a ringu re reject yeah like kind of thing yeah you know but i think you know there's something that i i mean i i think with j-horror i think the I think what I'm missing and I'm still not quite sure, but I know that everything is symbol symbolic and everything means something. I still don't understand what the hair in front of the face, that means something um, in, in the culture. So I'm not, I'd get the hell out of the house. That's what it means. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but the thing is, it, 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 but, um, but it means something like, I think, you know, when the spirit has the hair in front of her and she's creeping along situation, that's supposed to explain what kind of death and what their kind of evil spirit and what they're after. There's a symbol, there's a symbolism to all that stuff, which I'm not, it's a bit like every time you see hair in a drain, 
the wet hair yeah. and the that means something as well. But because I'm not part of that culture, and I probably should, you know, I don't really know what that means, but all that stuff means something. And yeah, okay, and you know, if you look, if you can go online and it'll tell you what everything means, which I never really done, but <laughs> you can, <laughs> you can if you're so well there. So, you know, I, but you know, but I, there are parts of, I mean, there's a lot, of, I did like the movie situation. I would sit there and say, if you're looking for something odd or strange, to give it a shot because it is different. I just think it needed a good, it needed to figure out if it was a family film or a horror film. And I think that's, is the meshing that kind of, Okay, I found it. It says, Japanese horror cinema, disheveled and disorderly hair is mainly associated with female ghosts and signifies the existence of malevolent kami who upsets the delicate balance of society. Of course, it's something about the psychology that can't see the face kind of thing. She's a faceless entity. She's evil as fuck. Yeah. I think who wants yeah. to see that bitch's face? Did you not watch The Grudge? Fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I like um, I mean, I, you know what I think? You know, I think that I, I was quite into the film, and I think where I kind of lost me a little bit is when the pro, you know, because I kind of like the prologue. The prologue, you have the the grieving father and the mm-hmm. boy. Mom got killed, and then he gets, you know, he disappears, and the father. You know, be sought with himself, and then you go to the orphanage, and I liked all that. But then when they brought the father back, yeah, that was weird. And I think, and I think that's what kind of set me aside. Is like, what, what the hell is he doing there? Why would it wasn't necessary? And and you know, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like one of those plot points where they have to bring someone in so they can explain to you what's going on. And he goes, "Oh, did my son come back?" No. But we're fine. Yeah. And then he goes off. It's kind of like, okay, well, I helped you guys. I saved you guys. Sad I couldn't save my son who I was an asshole to. But almost all these movies have that. It's the moment where it's like, well, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, here's what's going on. Yeah. So and I think it's I think that's where I think the I it lost me a little bit there with the father, you know, the father, the boy from the from the prologue. I, I call it the prologue dad coming in. And I think prologue that's dad. The prologue dad. So. I mean, I will say that 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 prologue is very very effective. Yeah, I like so the you, mirror. I like the little figure in the mirror as well. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of, <laughs> lot of stuff I did like about it. So there's a lot to like. It's just the only the only issue I had was the tone of the movie. I just I couldn't figure it out. Like I think the movie itself didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah. Well, I guess what we should do is probably rate this before we move on to our next one. So starting with you, Vicky, how many stars would you give Kanalenek? And you have to say Kanalenek 12 every time every star you give it. I just can't. I just that cunt movie. That's all I keep reminding it of. That's the only way I could find it. It's like K-U-N-D. But um, <laughs> now I get a four. I get a four. I, I thought it was I, I just I love the kids. I thought the kids were really good in it. I thought it was scary. I thought that she was a, you know, a what do you call it? A well-represented demonic entity who sucks the souls of children. So yeah, I liked it. It's a solid four at least. What do we have, David? 
Uh, okay, so uh, I think conceptually, in terms of like all you know the lore of Indonesia, etc., etc., and everything, I liked it very much. But the fact that it kind of like made it a little bit too Americanized, if that makes sense, I really didn't like that. So for me, it's a very, very sad two point five. What about yourself, Joe? I'm closer to closer to Davide on this. Uh, I I think with all the creepy imagery, with all the the great jump scares, the 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 chanting woman was absolutely just one of those like really really scary uh, moments. Um, but tonally, like I've been saying the whole time, just the tone just didn't fit. It just kept flip flop flip flopping, and I also didn't like that at one point they did. Uh, one thing that I absolutely hate, they kept doing a scary scene and then you wake up and it's, it's all a dream. I really don't like that. Um, I, yeah, I always, I always feel like that's a cop out. Um, so to be closer, closer to Davide's rating, I'm going to give it a three only because it, it is also a beautiful looking movie. Like it's really beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. So you could do a lot worse. And this is, you know, if you're looking for, like Keith said, if you're looking for something <laughs> a little out of the ordinary this Halloween season, if you could find it, because fuck you, Netflix, for taking it down. Um, you know, <laughs> Very you, own, you all right? It, you know, a little, little, little bit there of. Are, this, you can find it on YouTube and Prime Wire and stuff like that, but it doesn't have which, pi- you know, which you know, piracy is going to end up being what 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 might actually save some of these movies, because yeah. I think if you're not going to put a movie out on any form of physical media, and you own the movie outright. You have a responsibility to the art form to keep it up on your service. I agree. And right. the fact that this movie disappeared two weeks before we were making this, um, uh, making this uh, it podcast disappeared October eleventh exactly. And why did you take this movie down right before Halloween when you own it outright? No yeah. shit, especially being a ghost story. It makes uh, no it's sense. A- well, it's, it's a little movie that you can watch on Halloween. So, so if, I, if I may say one thing. So, uh, first of all, let's just say on the background, one of the reasons I gave it like a low vote is because I really dislike, hate with all my heart, more than any war in the world, when they Americanize anything. No offense to anyone, but every culture should be. I'm offended. I am so offended, offended goddamn. <laughs> but it's it's kind of like I hate when they do that I'm going to cancel you right now. It's simply because it's kind of like globalization is amazing, is important, connection is great, but every culture should be kept. Oh, I know. As soon as they, it's sort of like the grudge when it's J Horror is great. And yeah, they, for example, well, I love Sarah Geller and everything, but when they do it, it's yeah, exactly. It's scary, example, but it's not as scary. Yeah, it's it's not it's not the same. It's I wish we'd stop. I, I wish they Hollywood would stop Americanizing and cannibalizing. Yeah, but they, I mean, I I I don't use the term cannibalize. I use raping because that's what it is: raping of a culture. And and then again, as you say, yeah, the original Ringu is amazing. The American one, I I would give it a zero. I really disliked. But and that's one side of the thing. But the other thing you have to remember is that what possibly happened here is um, for Netflix removing the thing. So it's getting to Halloween season. This is like a side quest of culture, whether they're going to probably have an agenda of like pushing. Oh, no, the thing is, they should just leave the J horror in its own category. You've got LGBTQ horror, you've got black this, you've got this color, you've got age. Just leave it. Like just, yeah, like, just think, leave it. find I a think, category and leave think, the motherfucker up. You to know? be honest, I think that if you're the main 
distributor of a film, like Netflix in this case for Netflix, I would sit there and keep that on because the other stuff that you're buying that you're not distributed for, whether it's the screen films right. or whether it's uh, the Halloween, the new trilogy, that's all now on Netflix here. Right. And the thing is, you're not going to be the main distributor for that. You only got that for a short time. Yeah. So sure. let that come and go because that's fine because that's going to be around wherever. Keep the other stuff. I mean, but if you're but if you're the main distributor for something, then keep that going. I mean, it's a bit like Sweet Tooth. If you're the main distributor for Sweet Tooth, I don't watch it, but it's, you know. But if you're the main distributor for that, then you need to keep make sure that's available for when people so people can find it whenever. If you're not the distributor for it, you just you just bought it to put on your service for a short time only, but it's actually owned by someone else. That basically there's Blu-ray, DVD, mm -hmm. it's gonna be on all the movie stations and so forth and so far, whether it's Friends or whatever. Then fine, get, you know, get rid of it when it runs its course. But I just think if you're the main distributor, you have a right to like keep it keep it founded because otherwise it's gonna get lost eventually. Right. But I, I, although I agree with this, I've, I've got, I've got a, a challenging questions. So imagine from a business uh, side of the company, like Netflix in this case, so you have competition, you have other channels, etc. So what you're going to do, especially when it's, when it's, for example, even Christmas period is going to do all over again. They're going to do put like famous Christmas movies because all the other ones that are on the side, nobody really watched them as much. Plus all these like Asian movies, they not for the whole audience. I mean, we like them. I, love I, them. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's the case though. Because, I don't know if that's the case because if you look at something like, um, the Christmas movies that start, uh, Vanessa Hudgens in it, I can't remember the name of it. Princess Switch or Switch Princess or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. The first one came out, it was made for Netflix. Every year, because they're so popular, they come out with another installment. And, you know, it's turned into something. Um, let's take the the big Asian one. Uh, what's it called? The one about the game and they're, they'll die. You know, it's kind of like Battle Royale, but set in a TV Not game. Battle Royale. Oh, gosh. Oh, hell. I'm uh, Squid Game. Squid, Squid Game. game. Yeah. That's another thing. That's made for Netflix. You know, and that thing, and that, that's popular. So that's going to, you know, that's going to keep running. And the thing is, yeah, I can, I mean, yes, you know, they're, you know, they'll buy the Grinch or Horton Hears a Who or the Santa Claus or whatever big yeah. budget Hollywood films. And yeah, they will show those. But the thing is, at the end of the day, they're going to take those off because they don't own those. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. So that's fine. I mean, you know, you can do that. But I'm saying if you own it, then you should make sure that it's always available. That's all. Because yeah, I think you have a responsibility to, to to do that because we're living in a we're living in a culture now where this isn't you know this isn't 1943 where Universal Pictures is like well this film ran its course yeah. and what are we going to do with it you know although it, I agree you with you constantly have it up there yeah. I, I really really agree with all of you but one thing I've noticed even in companies I work for I'm not going to mention any company at all but anyway what they do is that they don't listen to employees who are down that makes sense all they care is about abuse of power and money so if they have their own agenda even if we say oh this is unfair whatever nothing's going to change anyway until there's like a major amount of people of audience who want something and then that when the big mass work and say i want this then they'll be like oh yes of course we'll do it for you but if it's just a couple of people in a subculture or in some sort of channel or podcast and they're like oh i want that i think that's that's wrong they won't care they, they couldn't care less they think about money it's all abuse of power and money that's what it is these days and that that is that is a major problem. I'm not going to disagree that that's what it is. There's uh what, what was that Disney uh the Disney Plus show 
or, or movie that it only lasted seven weeks. They, not enough people watched it after seven weeks, so they just got rid of it. I'm like seven weeks? Mm-hmm. You didn't even give it a chance to find its all. I don't know which was it a series? Was it a regular? Was that uh, it was a movie. Series? I don't remember what it, I don't remember what it's called. It was uh, some space movie that came out like earlier this year, and yeah, Netflix canceled it. Uh, not Netflix. Disney Plus canceled it after seven weeks. Oh, was that completely um, pulled was that, it? Um, my favorite Marvel, not my favorite Marvel. Well, they also did it with Willow, the 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 remake of Willow that was on. Well, Disney that Plus. That, did, that sucked real bad though. I couldn't. I mean. But that's not. But that doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. It should. It's no, it shouldn't exist. There. You should be able. People to should have an opportunity to make to. up their own minds about it. But I think that when they they think that something's up, especially Disney, because let's face it, Disney just everybody's just shit over Disney. They're no, they don't know what to do right now. Whether this is good or that's good, I just think they're throwing whatever they can out there and seeing what's it and what isn't. But what I think, what I think is happening, although this is all like all available for us, you just have to pay like a monthly fee and you watch whatever. What what these big channels like Netflix and Disney, whatever, are doing are the kind of like making cinemas die. That's what I feel like. I'll because always go kind to of the like movies. because oh. they kind of like make the rules themselves on how things should be. No, and COVID makes cinema to... die. When COVID happened, cinema was really suffering. Nobody, people have still not really returned to the cinema. They stream something two freaking weeks later now. I mean, it's almost like you're just getting ripped off of the cinema experience. I don't know. I just, oh, it's expensive, yeah. I haven't been to well, a cinema. I mean, they they might end up bringing it back because, I mean, the third one came out last year, so you never know. So they could tell a lot. The third one? or Well, the third one's done, done well in the America. I mean, yes, I gotta this, watch them. I, I mean, this is, the film that we watch is actually a remake of another of a film, anyway. Oh, um, the I'll watch the others. They look good. I gotta watch Joe's Puppet Man. <laughs> I, I I didn't make it. <laughs> That's a friend of mine. Well, I know, but your friend did, so you know. But the original Cantaladic film for is from two thousand six. Which is, which is basically directed by the same person, written by the same person. Um, it's about a ghost type in Indonesia folklore. In this movie, a student whose stepfather molests her moves to a boarding house in a haunted area that is followed by a series of killings. And then he decides to revamp this for Netflix, and this is what we got for the family version of it. Kind of reminds of kinds of reminded me of a movie we did a couple months back with the, the mother dying and she keeps takes care of the uh the children in the end, and she stays with them. Remember, she dies too. Oh, yeah, um, the orphanage. Yeah, the orphanage kind of reminded me of that, that vibe a little bit. So. Yeah, a little bit of that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. this movie borrowed from a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I it mean, did I'm, definitely borrow. It did. I mean, I'm going to get, I think I'm going to give it a three. I admire it for a lot of things. I think the children really well. I think it's, I think it, could have used probably someone with a better editing sense to they, they should have cut out they should have marketed it as uh, a teenage horror film instead of a, a family film agreed agreed i think that they did that i think that they they could have got rid of some of the cutiness of it yeah uh, I agree the kids that. are cute they're doing a good job it's not their fault but at the same time it just it just kind of feels out of place and and at one point the little, little kitty nerd kid who basically knows everything, and I kind of, I kind of was hoping that, you know, he gets sucked into the mirror, but he didn't. So, if he got sucked into the mirror, I probably give it a four. So. <laughs> Thank you.
This brings us to our next film, which is The Hole from 2009, which is an American 3D dark fantasy horror film directed by Joe Dante and starring Chris Maselia, Haley Bennett, Nathan Gamble, Bruce Dern, and Terry Polo. The film follows Dane and Lucas Thompson, two brothers who move into a new home in Benzelville, and their single mother, Susan. While settling in the new home, Dane and Lucas, along with their new neighbor, Julie Campbell, discover a trap door in the basement, leading to a bottomless pit, and upon opening it, accidentally unleash a supernatural force that manifests itself into any fear of the person who looks into the hole. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer and be right back with the hole. I thought you said this wasn't going to be that different from the last place. It won't be once we get our stuff moved in. What is it? I think it's just a really deep hole that Creepy Carl dug up. Like a doorway between different universes. You took the locks off. You should have done it. You shouldn't have opened it. Someone's in the house. Like, you look in the hole, it brings your fears to life. Lucas! No! We all saw that, right? You're talking about the little girl that just crawled into the bottomless pit under your house? Yeah. I think we all saw that. Dane! How do the two of you feel about having the house to yourselves? Bad. Welcome back, and we're discussing The Hole by Joe Dante. <laughs> so, Davide, what are your thoughts of The Hole from 2000 and... Whatever. Nine. I'm laughing because no one can see Keith's face and how he's saying the whole. Okay. 2008. Um, I it was alright to be honest. I think it wasn't really an original story. I think something like this has been done before. At least I think it feels like. Um, um, the concept I already saw it in an episode of Charmed. Um, Vicky, remind me if you remember it. It was an episode when there was this dark coming from the bottom of the house there was the this, this dark which shop. didn't come from the bottom of that house <laughs> and then it was something to do with the fear of phoebe but that was like enchanted I, I love that episode um i love i love the concept of the darkness like you know obviously darkness is like a primordial fear and becoming like this like shape-shifting mind reading uh thing that kind of like reads the mind of people and transforms pretty you know, much what scares you what scares you yeah, yeah, yeah. and then for shaping itself and I kind of like see the parallel with Ikon Tilanak, actually, the, the shape-shifting part, if that makes sense. And then I love the idea of the portal being like the, uh, sorry, the, the hole being like the portal to another dimension, which is like the never-ending hole uh, that, that for you already fall down and it, it never goes but away. But it's a gate of hell in their basement or their backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 was, it was a nice concept. I think we kind of had another parallel. In the Kuntilanak, the portal was the mirror. And then he has like um, this 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 whole basically, and then the other interesting part, which kind of was like okay, and it was the father trauma, 
that the kid had, which kind of like touched me deeply, if I had to say. Um, the part when he was like fighting this kind of shape of the father, this memory of the father, and then it was like all in his mind, and it was all psychological, it was amazing. And then I was there like cheering for the ball, like, yeah, smash his face, kill him, kill him, kill him, you know? Like, get get your revenge. Um, I'm not a revenge guy, but fatherly trauma, my gosh, unfortunately. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there were good points. Um, but obviously, there were, um, it wasn't the typical, you know, horror movie with like jump scares and horror, and that's it. Um, but one thing, I still don't understand, and this is the biggest question for me in my life, is why people are scared of clowns. I just don't understand. I, I, I don't mind. It's fucking horrible. But I don't mind them. I don't mind them, but I don't understand people having fear of clowns. This is like a worldwide known thing. Back in the days, clowns were like a silly, goofy, funny thing for children, and now they've become a whole different story. I've never liked fucking clowns. I don't give a shit. I didn't like them when I was a little kid, and I don't like them now. And I do find them as a non-exhausted source of fear. I mean, because they're scary. They're just scary. They they're go, not. I mean, at least not for me. John Wayne Gacy used to dress up like a goddamn clown. I mean, you know, I mean, just clowns, are, they have all that. They, they're surreal looking, for one. I've but never been, I mean... Bozo the Clown. I grew up with Bozo the fucking Clown. I was traumatized at a very early age. Every oh, what day. That, what about that other pedophile clown, Ronald McDonald? Oh. Ronald McDonald, yes. Oh, the other <laughs> <pedo> clown. <laughs> but, but what about drag queens who were originally supposed to be sort of clownish? They're fucking scary as well. I mean, they're taking over our fucking culture right now. You can't oh, get any shit, man. We got the trans. <laughs> don't even get me going on the transgender mafia. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, dra drag queens are not transgender, so we need to. This is escalating. They're not. They have nothing to do with transgender. Drag queens are drag queens, and transgender is something totally different. So no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, like, obviously, you know, culturally, drag queens are supposed to be like having this, like, a clown. I've never thought of them as clown-like. I've always no. been envious that they put their makeup on better than me. Neither, neither have I. I. Never thought of them as being as being like clown-like in any way. No, no I never thought they're, so. They're just. No, but it's an over-exaggeration of like these days these days I could tell you what my problem with clowns is is the idea that basically they slap on either a really happy face or they're slapping on a really sad face and they don't say anything and they just kind of stare no they don't and they do this whole uh, used to and, talk, they got that, and they got that mind thing going as well and the thing is, and everything that they do is stupid and not funny. You like you I watch don't know it. If they I don't, did this I'm in not... Chicago or in the UK, but about I think it was 2015. Joe might remember this. They we had clowns that were showing yeah. up everywhere for yeah. shits and giggles. They were just dress up, scary clowns, and there they'd be on the corner. <laughs> like but I don't I know why they were doing it, but they were doing it. But I have to sit there and say that as far as clowns are concerned. You know, I've seen them at children's party. I've never seen any children being excited that they're there. They're kind of like forced to be sat in front of them. But I've I can they make balloon animals was like okay, but and then, and I've been to circuses with professional clowns and it's yeah, they just creep me out. They just do. Oh, I don't understand. I don't understand the need for them. It, it's, I you know. didn't see the American Horror Story clown when he came out. That guy, okay. that messed me up. <laughs> 
Well, even Cameron in Modern Family dressed as a clown. Yeah. Kind of a little bit, yeah. So. I think it's yeah, but he's kind of fluffy, though. He's I think that's where it comes from because, you, you know, you, when you think of a clown, you think of a sideshow, and there's an inherent creepiness to that. I, but I also think that's because, for me, I don't. I think the reason why I don't like them is because you can't see their face. Their actual face? Is that yeah. what it is? Well, you can't. Because the thing is, even even their expressions painted on their emotions painted on their face so you know if if, you know they got a happy face on and they're and they're psychotic they still got the happy face grinning at you it's been like nothing can be trying to remember when the clown became sinister do you guys remember when i think it started with janet jackson because nothing's scary than (laughs) Jackson smiling at you coming towards you with with a knife can you imagine her smile going you can't touch my Janet Jackson. I love Janet. I love Janet Jackson, but I wouldn't want to. I, I love Janet Jackson. She does have kind of a. She does have some kind of a, a baseless stare to her, I guess. But, uh, but I don't know. I think- even even sometimes, like even some of the old paintings of clowns that I remember would have like children would have like children crying sometimes. So I think it's always. I think it's always just been inherently kind of creepy, just because of the uh, because of the sideshow aspect. Well, they're you know, mines, I mean, basically, right? And the clown's always been kind of like mines. Kind of like this, yeah, but not mine, mines are fucking weird as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, every time you want to see a mime, you just want to push them over. Yeah. <laughs> they're kind of cool to watch for about two or three minutes. So. But I think, I think three at, seconds. Some, at some point, at some point, this thing changed. Because but I noticed that they kept, this clown remind me in this movie was kind of like a steal away from older guys. Did you not think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot in this movie. If we're going to start talking about what this movie uh, borrows from, there's a long, long list. Because there's a lot of stuff in this that I've seen in other movies. Yeah, same here. Um, there's some, there's some stuff that I found that wasn't... That I didn't quite understand, though. Well, but, it reminded me that... Remember that movie with the kids at the, 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 hell, the Gate of Hell? Gates of Hell. That's yeah. that's I kind of thought yeah. they took from that as well. The gate, the gate, the yeah. gate yeah. Well, I'm talking what about like, uh, when the policeman the policeman shows up and he's got a hole in the back of his head and he goes down the hole. What is that? Couldn't figure that one out. What was he there yeah, for? That was related to the. Um, it, it, it's not really explained, but I think when when there was a girl, the young girl, that was related to the fact that the um, I can't remember her name. The the, the other girl, uh, basically let her fall and then at some point also a policeman fell but it's not really explained yeah i oh, think that, actually, that's, that's what i got from it too on that note the little girl who fell or annie smith in this case right. that's played by a boy named quinn lord that was a boy and you know what quinn lord's also famous for he is sam hain in the movie trick-or-treat Oh, really? Yeah. Let's write it down. Which we'll be watching yeah. next week. Well, I just watched that, and I did not even guess that at all. I just watched. Well, he's covered in the mask the whole time. He's wearing the, the, the mask. Sack. Well, I think that's cool. The that he's yeah. Girl in this, and then he's playing, and then he's, and then we're watching him next week. I thought that that little girl looked. Did she look off? Because she, I didn't know if it was because she was dead or there was something off about her. I, I thought she was a dwarf or a little person that in the beginning because because her, yeah. her head didn't seem proportioned to the rest of her body no it didn't it seemed you know like she was but dead now, but, but 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 i mean i mean it was a young boy playing it i mean it was a really young boy playing the part no kidding i didn't know that interesting but, 
at that time because he did this and the next movie he did would do would be trick or treat. So, but um, but I thought it was interesting that they they found they did a, had a boy play the Annie Smith part. I wonder why. I wonder what the, the you mean the they couldn't find an actress, a young actress. Well, I'm kind of wondering, couldn't Lord maybe is maybe they wanted someone who had more of a because if you notice the way that the person moved, the nanny, the spirit. Oh, yeah. Right. Maybe maybe he's more of a mime person. Maybe because if you look at because if you look at his next role, which is Sam Hain in Trick or Treat, they're they're you know we have no face. You got a mask over you, so maybe they're looking for someone who moves a certain way. Maybe that's what he does. Yeah, so. I just saw. I've also seen him in the uh, the Tom Holland movie uh, or Masters of Horror movie. We all scream for ice cream. He's a he's a little boy in that. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh he said. He's worked with quite a few masters. What, what was that? I was looking. What did you say he found? What, what was he? Else? Uh, scream. Um, we all scream for ice cream. One of the masters okay. of horror episodes, the Tom Holland director, which is one of the creepy ones. That's uh, well, uh, oh, you know, again, William Forsythe as a creepy clown. Yeah. So yeah, we go right back to the creepy clowns again. Yeah. <laughs> well, creepy clowns, you can't go wrong with creepy clowns, like Terrifier. Like I said. Who doesn't like Artie, you know? He's he's not even creepy. He's just going to walk up to you and stab you in the face. I like Artie. I think he's <laughs> one of my favorite clowns, actually. So. I, I actually... He's got a, quite a good um, um, CV on him, though, considering he's only 24. Yeah, well, he's young still. I mean, he was well, has he done anything Hall, recently? Supernatural, so Smallville. Um, he's in the man, the man in the castle, which is a Netflix series. Did he say which supernatural he was on? Which series was part of this? No, I'll probably if I went through it, probably. I just did. finally started watching the last season. Probably just one or two episodes. Oh yeah. yeah, that yeah, it's the yeah supernatural. He was Evan, and everyone loves a clown. <laughs> Stargate, the L word. Yeah. Again with the creepy clowns. The man in the high castle, the 100. Once upon a time, he played Hensel. Hensel. Wait, Uh, once upon a time, you mean mean the series? I'm trying to think of the scariest creepy clown movie I've ever seen. It has to be American Horror Story, that freaking clown. Oh my gosh, yeah. But the teeth, that just fucked me up. You didn't think it was scary? No, I never found clowns to really be that scary. I did. I've I'm always saying, thought they were I'm scary. I'm absolutely. The peanut guy scared the hell out of me once. But, too. But, 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 I think I've I seen Brian Dennehy dressed up as John Wayne Gacy. Yes. Bless them. He's dressed in that clown with that child's player. Meanwhile, he's been killing all these boys in real life. I, I thought that was a bit weird. Yeah. I'm a clown I because that, I'm but I think that's more of the context I... of him being a serial killer. I don't know if him being a clown was scary, but I think it's the whole context of it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. If we look at John Wayne Gacy, he said he was actually killing kids. I like I, said, I, I think actually it's just... it was molesting boys and killing them is what he was doing. Yeah, I think when we when we go down the uh, you know, I, I think even going back to Lon Chaney, Lon mm-hmm. Chaney played a clown a few times in some movies that were kind of creepy. So. Really? I think what, what, I I've never seen one. Which... Uh, laugh, clown, laugh. Um, really? He gets slapped. So I, I think there's always been like a little bit of a fascination with it. I guess. I, I, like I, said, I think it's just the whole sideshow thing. It's probably it probably a... comes from me 
from the American South. When you really think of where it probably comes from, it's probably all the sideshows and things. There were probably well, then you drifters. got Pennywise the Clown. Both Pennywise. Yeah, but I'm talking way before Stephen King, though. Way it was before. it was always kind of the, the idea of the creepy clowns kind of been with us for a long time. I think it probably had to do with just you know the idea of the American sideshow, and uh, you know you have these drifters coming into town, and maybe people Possibly. dressed as clowns would have killed it's people in some. I it's unfair because I think I might be wrong. I need to research this. I think they're related to the uh, theater masks that were born in Italy back in the days. Like we we celebrate uh, Carnevale, Carnival. Yeah. In February, it's a popular like you get a, it's like a bank holiday. You get days off for Carnival in Italy in February, and then people dress up and you have masks who represent like They're like Mardi Gras, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Mardi Gras. It's exactly the same thing. In fact, we celebrate it on Tuesday, which is Mardi Martedì, and then these masks represents like stereotypes of society work roles or prominent figures. I love them. that kind of stuff. I think and I think and I, and I think clowns, which we say pagliaccio, I think they come from there. But how did they transform? Those clowns don't bother me. They're usually beautiful costumes with vivid colors and stuff. That doesn't bother me. It's the but Ronald McDonald clown or the Bebo the clown. Mm-hmm. Who that the, that big fucker with the Rebozo? Those original <laughs> those original McDonald's commercials are creepy. With the grimace seen. and the ham fucking burglar and all they that. Are, the yeah. ones from like the sixties, which are you you can find them on YouTube. They get creepy. But I think, the, I think that was we, the 80s. The well, we, I mean, anyone with ginger hair is freaky anyway, but then put a clown face on it, 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 it isn't even <laughs> creepier. <laughs> but I think we find them creepy today because for all the, the gingers day, out there, he just offended. We love you. But I, but I think back in the days, we found that we had a different sensitivity. So maybe they look, didn't look creepy to us, but they do look creepy today. I don't know. Culture change all the time. But, but I, so. Yeah, I think it. Uh, to be honest, I think it's just a covering of the face, and the, the whole thing is that like the, every everything's first of all the whole face is in white. All visage is white face, yeah. and then and then their face is drawn on, literally drawn on, and I mm-hmm. think it's kind of unsettling because the thing is, you can't read what they're. Oh, thinking. I know. What, you, you can't like read clown. the face, and then, and then if, you, if you look at the way that you communicate with people. You know, there's a lot to do. You read people's faces and their eye, eye, the way their eyes are, and their mouth and cheeks, and what and their expressions, and you can't read that with them. So I, I, I think I agree with you. But then my question is, when you go to Disneyland and you have Mickey Mouse, Goofy, Donald Duck, what? I don't like. I don't like people wearing big heads on them. I, I mean, that's not my. That's I. I mean, dwarfs. Well, I mean, to be fair, I've I've pushed over dwarfs because they can't get back up, which is quite funny because the head the head goes over their bodies. But it goes over their shoulders, so it pins their hands down. So when you he knock them over, they, they roll around so they can't get back up. Because <laughs> you need to watch that movie Clown that Eli Roth made. You ever seen that one? I've not he, seen it. He finds the, the the clown outfit up in the attic, and he turns. But he can't get the clown outfit off. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Oh my god, that movie gave me a massive panic attack. <laughs> he couldn't get it off, and his hair started growing that way, and his feet started growing that way. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, another thing what I find with clown uh, clown movies is that they're depressing. You know, even if you take something that, you know, you know, let's just sit there and say that it's a film about a person who's a clown like Bob Gothwaite's Shakes the Clown. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and you watch it and it's kind of like. It's depressing. They're they're not. I mean, I've never seen a movie about a happy person who's a clown. 
Because they die very broke and probably made a few kids. Well, they in. die broke. They tend to be manic depressives and they end up committing suicide. A lot of they cons- drink a lot. Like even Emmett Kelly, who's like one of the most famous clowns. I mean, he had a sad, pitiful life, didn't he? It's like they commit suicide and everything. You're like, why? Why are we doing it? <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, I guess you can say that about comedians as well, though, can't you? So, yeah. yeah. They tend, but, they I mean, tend this, but this one, this, this one, this particular clown was borrowed from from Poltergeist, I think. Well, I mean, I don't think it was. Well, I don't think this was necessarily borrowed. I mean, it's just. A, I think it was just a court jester clown doll that they found. Yeah. That's probably what they used. I don't know if there was any. Uh, if there was ever, I think there was a nod to Poltergeist. I think. Uh, I think this kind of looked more like um, something that you find on a pack of cards. Yeah, like, like the Joker. Oh, the Joker cards. Situation about the clown in this movie, though, I for some reason it it was kind of sinister to look at to begin with, but then as the movie kind of flowed, the clown kind of gets lost somewhere. Yeah, because it's not the major fear. Of yeah, the, the kids so, go so, fear. We never had the little, you never had the little boy basically fighting his fear of the clown situation, really, or drowning as well. Yeah, where you know she, you got the girl facing her fears about the death of her friend, and then you got him, and then you got the the older boy facing his fear of his father, who used to be abusive, and and I guess, and so I guess at the end of it, we kind of we didn't really get the clown payoff though, did we? Pass through. Yeah, the, the the thing about this, yeah, I mean, he just overcomes it. It felt episodic in that way. This just felt like each time we're we're dealing with one child with one child's trauma, they settle it and then we move on to the next one, and then it leaves the open ending at the end with the mom going, "Well, there was this monster that I feared was under my bed at the, when I was a kid." So it, it all kind of feels like they had like a bunch of short story, like a couple of short stories about things that traumatize kids, because it, it felt very repetitive. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. I don't know. Do you guys like the storyline at all? I mean, at least the brother. I, I, to be honest, I actually enjoyed the film. Same it here. Felt, it, to me, it felt like a horror film, like Hocus Pocus kind of horror film. I was kind of oh, sad no, that Bruce Dern didn't come back. I was like, oh, there was Bruce Dern, and then Bruce Dern was gone. So. Oh, we got Dick too. Yeah, yeah, I love Dick Miller. It was great seeing him again. Um, didn't have a line, just delivered the pizza and left. Yeah. 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 But I didn't understand. I mean, I, I the Bruce Dern character, I wasn't quite sure about that. Oh, we're, you're gonna bring the world into darkness. Da 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 da. They get him, but it doesn't really bring the world into darkness, really, because then it becomes about their individual fear that they face. They didn't say who locked that thing in the cellar. You really don't have any idea. There's there's a lot of holes in the story, I guess. Yeah, because they said it's gonna like take over the world. That the world's gonna be covered in darkness and then you find out that no the world's not gonna be covered in darkness is only be it's only gonna affect the people who looked into the hole <laughs> so unless the whole yeah. world, unless they unless they give them like free tickets come look at my hole <laughs> <laughs> but you know but you know the thing is it's kind of like you know unless you like you know open it up to the public to come and come and look you know sort of open your hole up to the really public that's right. oh, looking into it this guy. 
<laughs> oh, what did you think was gonna happen today? We're talking about a movie called The Hole. Oh. Yeah. No, I'm not about. Immaturity what I'm definitely goes out the window. I can't do it with a straight face. I don't know about. That. I know these guys can't either. So I have to say though about the one thing I kind of regret about watching this movie is I kind of wish I watched it in 3D because I imagine when the the sequence of the father and son that must have looked amazing. Oh, the fighting. Yeah, this doesn't like. Cause I can just picture because you could tell this is one of those films that <laughs> you can tell that it is kind of like a 3D film anyway because there's this kind of a weird um camera angles and everything. Yeah, weird focus on it. But um but I thought to myself that um it's like Coraline. It's like I would I'm killing myself after watching Coraline that I didn't see it in the original 3D. Because you can see where the 3D in this would have fit fit because they had that it would have looked really kind of deep and kind of like had a gorgeous feel about it because it would have that Joe Dante feel but in 3D. So And that that's the one thing that I like I you know the fact that this was directed by Joe Dante, I think it, it was better than it would have been under anyone else. Because this guy basically, for all intents and purposes, kind of perfected the whole um, uh, horror aimed at a younger audience. He kind of perfected it in the 80s with uh, with Gremlins, with Inner Space, with, um, you know, in the 90s with Small Soldiers. I love yep. small soldiers. That's such a good movie. <laughs> I, I I think under under like anyone else's hands, this movie would have been a mess. But I think like he actually pulls it together somehow. It's still a little bit of a mess. Like it's not perfect. Yeah, it does. It does kind of feel like Steven Spielberg presents. It has that? Yeah, concept, I mean, so. kind of. Single, kind of. single mother, the traumatized children, mother trying to make it on her own. I think had had he had a had he had a Spielberg budget like he did for those movies I mentioned earlier, had he had like a huge budget for this and more time, it probably would have been more fleshed out and probably a lot better. But as it stands, I like the movie. I don't, you know, I I think it's um, I think it's a fun, goofy little little kids horror movie. Um, it does it doesn't take itself too seriously. Some of the scenes are legitimately scary, like the the um. The, the little girl ghost uh, appearing in the uh, uh, appearing in the bathroom in the school bathroom, creepy. Um, I think that I, the big father looked scarier. To be honest, uh, there was quite creepy, like this huge man, like I thought it was child. Huge. Jesus Christ, I'm like too much. <laughs> that was scary. I thought it was too CGI, and it kind of took me out of it a little bit. But I could totally see why somebody would be creeped out by it. Um, I, I, I the like things pay off they set things up and they pay them off like the uh you know uh in the beginning asking the girl about the uh the amusement park and she's like and and she gets very um Most very so. defensive and, no no no, it's not open anymore like and you know at that moment that there's going to be something coming out later mm. that has to do with that amusement park and you know that it has to do with her and right. the creepy the creepy shutdown amusement park in general that's always something that's just always eerie and creepy those I thought the acting. I thought the acting in the film was well done. Definitely. Yeah, I thought the kids were spot on. Yeah, I wasn't annoyed by any of them, which is no, good. not at all, not at all. And I, the, the little boy was drowning in the pool. That that was a good scene, actually. Not that he was drowning in the pool, but that his brother actually showed some. But I didn't. It was a good scene. I made it for a change, you know. I'm surprised the dog made it to the end. The I know. I I thought the dog. Oh, please don't go there with the dog. 
I can handle any people getting killed, but not the dogs. And I, I really thought he was good, that that thing was going to grab the dog and pull up the pool or, or pull you know, in the hole or or just drag it into the the, the hole. Yeah, I just you know, or, or the dog. Oh, you just hear a, a, a yelp out off screen. And yeah, that's what you usually do: yelp, the yelp <laughs> off screen, and you know the dog has got. That didn't happen, so I was surprised that didn't happen. Which always cracks me up at the Meg because they always have the reference to Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws, all the references to Jaws. Yeah, just watching it last night, I was like, oh, please don't kill the dog. Please don't kill the dog. Well, I guess let's um, rate the hole. So on a scale of five, what can you rate the hole, Davide? This is difficult, to be honest. I had good uh, things that I really liked and things that I really disliked. Ah, it's difficult. So I think I would give it a three. Uh, I'm very tough on this one, I know. Uh, but it's just because I don't find it original. Um, but I find it very hard to give it a three when I gave uh, the other movie a 2.5. But yeah, three. Has to be three. I can't give it less. Ultimately, about how much you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it just a little bit more than the other one, then yeah, give it a three versus a 2.5. Right, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. What about yourself, Joe? What do you rate it? Um, I went three and a half on this one because, I, you know, it's Joe Dante doing a kid's horror movie on a low budget, and oh. it shows that it's a low budget. Um, right. You know, no offense to Joe Dante. is one of the, you know, one of the greatest, uh, greatest filmmakers of yeah, uh, the 40 years. Um, this is not one of his best, but it's still not, it's still watchable. It's still a very, I, I actually think it's a really well-made movie. It's not as good as Piranha. It's not as good as Gremlins. It's not as good as The Howling, but. Matinee. But what's that? Or Matinee. I love Or Matinee. matinee. I love Matinee. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, this is Joe Don. I, I don't know what, I don't know what, maybe it was Looney Tunes back in action, which is not a bad movie, but. It just it did so badly that he never got like another major studio movie ever again, and it, that's kind of a shame because Joe Dante is one of the most, um, one of the most amazingly talented filmmakers of the last you know half century. Um, but yeah, it's it's a solid movie. Uh, you're you're not gonna you know it's something you could watch. You know, it's good Halloween spooky viewing if you have, you know, if you have a couple of uh, you know nine maybe nine ten year olds or uh or, or teenagers or preteens that you know maybe watch it with them it's something that's kind of it, it's clean it, you know it's it's not terribly gory it's got a, it's got a couple of spooky moments uh probably works for a kid you know what about yourself Vix? what do you give it um, with Joe, I'd probably give it a 3.5 solid. I mean, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, it, it, it had potential. I wish that would have delved more into the story a little bit. But the mom was kind of irritating. That's why I gave it a 3.5. Mom needed to be the first one to go. <laughs> but they had to save her for obvious reasons. <laughs> I love that they, that they get her out of the... They give you an excuse to get her out of the way in the third act. She's going yeah. to this... Uh, Going to this uh this this convention with this with this, with this new guy, guy, and then you never hear about the new guy again. 
kind of, you know? It's like, what the fuck was all that about? Were they trying to go? It was about him going to a hotel with her so he could inspect her home. Yeah, that's basically it. I actually thought that, you know, he was going to come and save the day kind of thing. Uh, I think she just, I think she was going off and get stumped, wouldn't she? She went out got stumped. Yeah, I think, well, honey, I can't take you with me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it was it was it was a convention or some such thing, wasn't it? It's like bullshit. Yeah, some some convent some doctors' convention or something like that. It's that like oh, was going to apparently. He's yeah. he's he's gonna, he's gonna go inspect her hole. That's what was going on. <laughs> there's there's a line in the beginning. The 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 little girl from next door, or the the young girl from next door, when she comes over and she finds the the two protagonists. Uh, uh. You know, when they first discover the hole, and she's like, Oh, is this what boys from Brooklyn do? They sit around and play with their holes. And I took offense to that. <laughs> Basically, yes. As a, as a boy from Brooklyn, I took offense to that. I think I'm going to rate this. I'm going to give it three and a half. It's one of those films that I probably, I'm not going to buy. And I probably, you know, but if something happens and I'm flipping through something on television, I need something to watch, and it was on, I probably would watch it again. Well, this was the I second the act, time. I thought the acting was really good. I think that if they wanted to make it better, I think that maybe they should have put more into the backstory because I think I think the real story there, which they should have made more of, is the the abuse that went on within the family that caused them to leave and the father to go to prison. And I think that if they focused more on that and built a story around that and make that the horror, the horror centerpiece of it. I think it probably would have played because th- those scenes kind of played quite well, but it kind of it kind of was over before it began as well because it kind of yeah. like was setting up these other things and. But it was also weird. Do you remember when they said, um, "Oh yeah, we we always like changing house and city and town, whatever, and we're running away." But he sent us letters. So he always finds out how he's in jail. So well, it- Facebook. Twitter. But you don't <laughs> don't really use Facebook in jail, do you? So, yeah. I mean, he probably yeah, has some people on the outside. Yeah, social media in jail. Okay, I, I don't know all the details of the jail. I mean, 2009, though? Mm. Yeah. Facebook's been, how long has Facebook been around for? I mean, Facebook has been around, but I don't think like, I don't think it was widely... Or but the thing is, we don't know why he's in jail anyway. If he's in jail for then, well, we don't know because you never find out why he's in jail. So if he's in jail for abuse, then he probably doesn't have contact with them. If he's in jail for robbery or something like that, then he would have access to his children because you can't keep access to his children. So they would, they would have to. Know. For all we know, he could be part of a gang, and the gang could be could be finding where they are and letting them know. Yeah. So we we you know so we don't have a lot of information there. We just know that he was abused. That's it. And we, I mean, we kind of have to put pieces together ourselves, but they don't give you a lot of information to put these pieces together. The film felt rushed. A little yeah. bit, yes. It sounds like it's, you know, you know, the funny thing about it, it felt like a pilot. For a TV yeah. Show. Oh, um, mm, yeah. Yeah. Like any yeah. continuation. Like it needs to carry yeah. On. And that, you know, resolve that, all the other things. Like, and I would do another movie with a story of the kid and why he's scared of clowns, for example. Yeah, and we're, we're going to build on this universe later. So right, kind of, right. So, but yeah, overall, I mean, I enjoyed it. I can't, I didn't, you know, these two films that we watched, uh, I enjoyed it. I found them interesting, and I'm glad we, you know, we covered it. I did, too. I enjoyed them. I mean, I'm glad I watched them. 
there, something different. There's a lot to like in each movie, and you know, there's there's things to dislike in each movie. Like mm-hmm. I, neither one is perfect, but do they have to be? Well, this brings us to the end of the Literary License Podcast. Next month is November, where we cover We Shall Survive. And the two films that we'll be covering for our Dark Family Films is The Breadwinter, which is a 2017 animated film. Um, and based, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> 2000, um, about um, a Pakistani little girl who's trying to survive. And we also have The House with the Clock in its Walls from 2018, which was directed by Eli Roth. And, of course, we'll be continuing our um, anthology season next week with Trick or Treat from 2007 and Tales of Halloween from 2015. And Doctor Who will be continuing with the Space Museum and The Chase, which started airing from the 24th of April to the 26th of June, 1965. And in November, we'll be covering our Books of Scream, which will be Once Upon a Time, which is Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats and Nymph, which is a book from 1971. And the film, The Secret of Nymph from 1982 by Don Bluth. And, of course, Batman the Animated Series is going to be exciting as we see our new character, Batgirl, which will make her premiere in Shadow of the Bat Part 1 and Part 2, Blind as a Bat, and the episode, His Silicone Soul. So it's good night for myself. Good night, Davide. Good night, everyone. Good night, Joe. Good night, everyone. Good night, Vix. Good night, everybody. Shadow all that's told a thousand tragedies Holding a hand that's loved every part of me A lady comes and tells me that I gotta Through the night You're my love, you're my death You're my alibi Say this isn't
Don't let the light go out. Don't let the light go out. 